0: I was just talking to Chris earlier, and sometimes people will post a picture of their bird and say, what do you think? And there'll be four different answers, but nobody, you know, explains themselves. Oh, that's a long distance. That's a short distance. i uh, breed it with this kind of an eye, and it's like, mm-hmm. well, you know. So well, I, I think biggest... it's going to be a pretty good episode for that, and, you know, we're going to have oh, a lot yeah. of questions that we'll get into, but let's say. Yeah, uh... I'm pretty seasoned on all that stuff, and, uh, and, and I can answer the question why there's 10 different answers. <laughs> see that's good to Ex- explain the actions of others because it's not uh, a problem it's interesting so um let's just start off with some of your own background with pigeons has it always been racing pigeons uh from the start or
1: yeah i've only uh, ever had racing pigeons uh when i was 11 years old i was born and raised on a 200 acre farm and uh you know dad always had a You know 22 around for gophers and stuff you know because the cattle step in the holes and shooting pigeons off the barn roof was a regular pastime and uh i popped one off the roof one day and had a band on its leg and i thought yeah here i am 11 years old now what the heck is this thing And nobody could tell me for a couple of years. I phoned different places and nobody knew what it was. And then I was uh, telling some kids in high school about two years later, and they said, well, that's that guy over there. He keeps them in his backyard. And the guy's name was Ray West. And my dad drove me over to his place. And sure enough, he had a loft full of racing pigeons. And uh, I came back with three pair and we set up a loft in the barn in the granary, and I've had them ever since. That's uh, 56, 57 years
0: ago now. (laughs) Was there any racing clubs in that area when you were getting into it? Oh
1: yeah! Oh, it was racing. There was racing was big back then uh, in my area. Back in that area, there was uh, for my location, I could have joined any one of four different clubs. But I had just had them for the first couple of years, and, and then I joined the Barry Racing Pigeon Club. And of course, you know, as a newbie, I didn't know shit, and I uh, didn't know how to train, didn't know how to feed, didn't know how to do anything. And then as time went on, we picked things up, and I befriended a fellow named Johnny Pfeiffer, who's passed away now. And he was an sign enthusiast, and him and I used to read uh, Fleming's book, book on sign or Bishop, Bishop's book on iSign. And then uh, we kind of got on the eye sign uh, through Bishop's book. I never really didn't understand the terminology or anything there because we were just starting out. But we used to take off at high school at lunchtime and go to his place and put eyeglasses on his pigeons and uh, try to re- reference them to the book. And, you know, we were just kind of learning. And then we used to take weekend trips and go to all the top lofts and ask to handle their winners and ask to handle their breeders. and. And we were keeping notes between us, Johnny and I, and you know, we started noting that certain factors in the eye of breeders and racers were consistent. What wasn't consistent was the three or four different booklets that were out there. Everybody was trying to be their own guru on the subject. And for the same physical feature in the eye, they were, everybody was given a different name. That's why you get the confusion is because there was Bishop first, then Fleming's book on iSign. Then there was the fellow from South Africa that had the um, the fellow from South Africa. And there was another guy that wrote a book. Oh, Myron Kulik uh, from the US. Uh, he had that website, uh, 101 iSign by, uh, by Myron Kulik. iSign101, that's what it was. And uh, he was a friend of mine. And he actually came up to Canada and, and visited uh, myself and a fellow named Mike Vanderjack, who was a very well-seasoned eye-sign enthusiast himself. We flew in the same club together, and Mike brought Myron over, and we went over the pigeons, and Myron was just phenomenal. He he could pick eyes out. Uh, uh, like I, well, you know, The whole secret is don't tell the guy what the, what, what the pigeon has done when you hand it to him, right? Let him tell you what the pigeon has done. And Myron was, I like, could say, 95%, 98% dead on so which uh, you know kind of verified you know what i knew and a lot of the things that myron looked for and uh myself johnny van jack and a couple of us um they were consistent uh the terminology was the thing that's not consistent and that's where you get the confusion uh on these uh facebook sites and people asking to judge bird so the first thing is you can't not judge an eye properly from a photograph okay you need you need the proper lighting or you need the proper sunlight and you need a live pigeon in your hand so when guys are giving comments on iSign sign over the internet on facebook and stuff you know they're really guessing because it's not a true uh image of the eye it is to a point but it's really not a true image like for example they call the violet eye well the violet eye isn't really uh purple and white the violet eye has a, a ruby background but it has a the circle around the correlation around the pupil which the circular correlation is kind of a common word everybody agrees on that one more or less that's the circle around the pupil it has a pinkish hue to it and you can only see it with an eye in the sunlight you can't see it in a photograph so when somebody says oh that's a violet eye and looking at a photograph they're full of shit because you can't see it <laughs> you can Even only see with, it in uh, re-
0: really good lighting and everything like the, the natural light is what you're trying to get well, the sunlight is is the is the perfect is the perfect situation for reading
1: eyes. And but you can, I have I, I got some eyes, some uh, lighting from I take my own photography, my own eye sign on my own Facebook page, and all the eyes and all the pigeons on my Facebook page and my photo section. They're all my own pigeons. And if they didn't, if I didn't take the photo because it, the bird came with it, and I was and I didn't reproduce it, but I have reproduced a lot of them. But they're all mine. So. But that's the other thing too uh people who take photographs of eyes when a guy sends a, he sends his pigeon out and he has okay buddy you're you're a computer wizard and you know photoshop and you can take photos to photo- photograph my pigeon eye well the guy doesn't know what he's photographing he you know you have to know eye sign to know how if your focus is correct and what you're looking at is true to form and myself doing the photography and knowing eye sign because i've been looking at it for over 55 years and studying it i know i know how to make i know how to take the photograph to show the true representation of the eye uh there's a lot there's a few people that do but you know but a lot of the times people just take their uh, their birds to a regular photographer who knows how to photoshop and make them all look pretty which by the way is something that i really don't like is the template uh picture Of a racing pigeon in a magazine Um, they're all picture perfect i'd rather see a when i did my photographs i didn't i didn't photoshop them they were a natural stance and natural pose because you want to see the the length of the legs you want to see the 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 width and the girth of the pigeon you want to see how the how long that neck is not ever not everything uh cut to a template and looking identical but uh, so you have to really be when you're buying pigeons on the internet for that reason. At one time years ago, we used to have a lot of auctions where you could judge, you could take your eyeglass to an auction and you could look at a bird and feel its body and put the eyeglass on it. Look at its eye if you were an enthusiast of eyes and you could get a fair representation of the pigeon. But nowadays, everything's on the internet unless you jump on a plane and you go right to the source, to Belgium, Holland, Germany, wherever to the source loft and hand them, handle the pigeons yourself. So I've been pretty fortunate and lucky buying from the internet off the different sites uh, that I trust because I know how to read the eyes. I would, I would strongly say I am 90% cure in, in picking out good breeding pigeons off the internet because I know how to read the eyes. Now, the body, unless it's a natural picture, you're you, you know, you'll, you'll find out when you get it because that's not a true representation of the pigeon. Uh, the eye sign is like a fingerprint. I've sold pigeons to guys, which I've been selling pigeons to guys for many, many years now, because I've had a good record, because I, as I was saying earlier, I have been a well over 25 times Canadian champion, and I used to judge shows, eye sign shows, body, you know, confirmation shows and everything. I've done it all. So I can pick them out. Uh, by the eye uh, for my purposes of breeding and uh, and the most important thing that guys have to learn too when they're buying off the internet is the pedigree i i don't buy pigeons off of the internet unless at least two of the four or two of the four grandparents have performance in the pedigree a race result that they made i don't want grandchildren or great-grandchildren off the 019 or some bloody thing you know from jansen or even the nowadays flavor of the day strains that are out there right now, you're not going to get, get good at pigeons, uh, by buying great grandchildren and grandchildren, not pigeons, without a race, without a race performance. So preferably both parents with race performances, but at least one and at least two of the of uh, the parents. And then you're usually not too far. The apple usually doesn't fall too far from the tree. If you apply the ethics of I sign on top of that,
0: welcome to the all about pigeons podcast. I'm Phil and I'm Chris. And today we have with us David Ottaway. He's been a 20 plus times Canadian champion in various categories over the years. He still races and he runs a club in Nova Scotia for the last five years. He was also president of the UNC for over 10 years. That's the largest combine in Canada. He's very well known across Canada and the U.S. for his eyesight knowledge and a master breeder of racing pigeons. And uh, David, thanks for coming on and talking about this with us. It's going to be hopefully very informative and help people understand their birds a little bit better this this eye sign is kind of it's kind of a mysterious thing in some way so first off we had a question from gary west and he was asking about how you get those photos and i've seen on the facebook group that some people have clip-on things for their cameras on their phones and you were just talking about using you know natural light so i guess how are you holding that bird to get it to hold still how are you getting this picture are you taking it outside um, what, what's the way of doing that okay the cheap
1: the cheapest and quickest way to do
0: it a cheating way is you take a
1: sock you cut the toe part off the sock and you slide the pigeon into the sock and stick its head out the end where you cut the hole now you've got control of the pigeon it's not going to fly away on you if you take it outside right right right? and then you turn this you you always got to turn the beak of the pigeon into the sun in order to get the pupil to dilate and shrink or if you're using artificial light you have to have a a, a light like I, I got these lights uh led lights that i got from taiwan and uh, or china uh, they're just a clip on onto a table and it's a very bright light uh not to blind the pigeon uh but what it does is if you turn the pigeon's beak into it as if you were turning the pigeon's beak into the sun it will uh it will shrink the pupil, and that's where you get your best eye shine so, eye sign shots, where you can see the most detail. These guys that take pictures with their cell phones, uh, with the improper lighting, and they ask to judge their eye, it's impossible, you can't. I mean, you, you can take a guess at it, but, you know, if it's not properly set up correctly, either with the natural sun outside, and the best time to take the pictures of eyes outside is from 12 noon to 2 p.m when the sun is at its highest peak and that and then you turn the head of the pigeon into the sun and then then you use your equipment there to to photograph now i had my camera i just had a, a 780 uh, canon sure shot with a uh, a macro lens on it that i ordered uh from the uh, photo for the photography shop uh, it's a macro lens for doing close-ups you could photograph the hair on a fly's back with this lens so you have to have a camera with a macro setting and you need a macro lens attached to the camera and then you set my camera on a tripod so i don't have to hold the camera and then i have a tucker attached to the camera that i take the picture holding a button right in my in my hand so all i have to do then but i but i don't all right the sock i used to use but then i built a little box uh you know about 12 inches long about mm, six and a half inches wide and it had three sides to it and the top was open. And then there was a slider that went in the top and then I had a half moon cut at the end of the top of this box. So you put the pigeon in the box, then you slide the top on it. And now the pigeon is contained in this box uh, with his tail sticking out the end or whatever. But his feet are tucked up in the flying position and the wings are closed in the box and the head is sticking out so now i set that box on a table if i'm outside or even if i'm in in my basement uh, with the proper lighting and now i can jiggle the box around move the box and i hold the pigeon's head with one hand and i've already and i and i bring the head into the focus of the macro lens on the camera and when i turn the head just to the proper right direction. That pupil will shrink when you hit it properly. And there's gonna be, you ever see photographs, you see a dot in the eye. If the guy's using an artificial light, it's a dot uh, sometimes. And if it's the sun, it looks like a star. You'll know the guy knows what he's doing, that you should always adjust the head so the star or the dot is at 12 o'clock in the pigeon's eye. That's where the pupil shrinks. If it's down at four o'clock, nine o'clock, six o'clock, it's all wrong. The dot or the star from the sun or the dot from the artificial lighting has to be at twelve o'clock, one or twelve o'clock, in, in, on the pigeon's eye when you take the photo, and then the pupil will be properly shrunken. So, you know, that's basically how you how you do the photo.
0: Yeah, I was Go curious ahead. about that. You know, with with holding the holding the wiggly bird like that and getting such a still, detailed. When you're looking at a pigeon eye, can. Just to kind of give us a foundation here, you know, so we got the pupil. Can you kind of tell, break us down from the inside out, all the different sure. uh, rings and what they represent in the Pigeon Eye? Okay.
1: So, you know, there's different uh, there's different uh, theories on it from, from different people because everybody wants to be their own master of the eye and say, this is my, my idea is the best, but I just use common sense. Starting with the pupil, everybody wants small pupil, the strings to a pinhead in the sun. Great, I like it too. Those are more consistently for your three, four, and 500, 600 mile pigeons when the pupil shrinks to a pinhead, or shrinks, or you can, or you can, shrinks to a diameter that you could fit that diameter three times from the center to the edge of the eye. That's how far the pupil should shrink. Then there's other pupils that doesn't matter how you adjust them in the sun or with the proper light, they'll only shrink halfway down. And people say, well, those pigeons are no good because it's got a large pupil. That's where they're wrong. Those pigeons, in my law, are my sprint to middle distance speed birds. They don't need the pinpoint pupil to fly 100 to 250 miles, or 300 with the tailwind on a sunny day. The larger pupils will do just as well on the fast races on an easy course where you need the small pinpoint pupils or the pupils that shrink uh say three times the diameter when the light hits them those then you you those are required for tough long distance racing or just a, you know a, a bad day you know for nasty weather so there is a place for those larger pupils it just isn't at the distance and it just isn't on a dirty day um, on clear sunny days with a tailwind those large pupils will beat the small pupils 60, 70% of the time, because horses for courses. Now, the other thing that I really must impress upon people is it's eye sign. There's only one par- portion of the pigeon. People go get tunnel vision and they go nuts and they, and they go all eye sign and they judge their whole loft on eye sign and they're forgetting there's also bone structure. There's also muscle. It, there's also uh, feather quality. There's also wing structure and, con- and conformation of the wings. The different lengths in the, in the wing butt from the shoulder, the shoulder bone, the long bone and the short bone coming out of the shoulder, the long bone are your speed birds, the short bone pigeons. Well, I, let's, let's not call it speed, I go by hours on the wing. Your pigeon that can only do eight, nine hours on the wing has the long shoulder bone coming out of the body, that long bone where you, where you put your finger in there and you feel the, the length of that first bone that comes out, I call it the elbow. The shorter that bone, the longer, the more hours on the wing the pigeon can can do, because it's got to do with uh, when you're rowing a boat. Uh, if you got a long oar stuck way out into the water and you're pulling on those oars, it's really hard to make that boat move. But if you shorten up the oars, bring them closer to the boat, you can you can oar a lot easier and get more speed out of the boat. Same thing applies to that pigeon's elbow. Okay, so, anyways. Don't go everybody go nuts on eye sign, okay? Because you've got to have the body, the confirmation, and you've also got to have the intelligence, the heart and the brains to come home and the ability to home, okay? The eye is only one portion of it. I use the eye sign for breeding, for breeding purposes. Uh, For racing purposes, I I know what good racing eyes look like and what good breeding eyes look like, but the most important place for eye sign for me is when I make the birds up okay you talked you want to know about the different rings okay so you got your pupil
0: <clears throat>
1: and then everybody calls um, the next ring the the circle of adaptation um by the way I don't have any notes in front of me this is all off top of my head uh, in case anybody's wondering I'm, I'm not reading nothing everything's in my head now this circle of adaptation I used to think quite a bit about it when I was younger when because that was uh, that was Bishop's deal he's the one that started that adaptation thing basically schooled myself into believing that, wait a minute, that's a physical part of the pigeon. What it is, it's called the the sphincter muscle. That's the muscle that contracts, that makes that pupil go small. So some of those muscles are, as the pigeon gets older, that muscle becomes more serrated, just like wrinkles on your face. When the pigeon's younger, that circ that adaptation ring is more smoother and wavier and as the pigeon in some families of pigeons like the old long distance strains the february's the signs the stassers by the way that's what i started out with was charlie and it stasser sign the stasser those were my first family of pigeons back in the 60s uh 1968 but anyways they all had a very jagged uh circle of adaptation or i call the sphincter muscle after studying over the years, uh, I got confused because I was finding really good, everybody said they had to have a really jagged sphincter muscle or adaptation to be a good breeder. And well, I found that not to be true. So I pushed that one aside. I don't care about the sphincter muscle or the, the circle of adaptation as it's called. It means nothing to me. The next circle, the ringing of correlation, is everything to me. That's where the eye sign is found, the sign itself. That's where you find your depth, that's where you find whether your pigeon is going to be a speed pigeon, short, middle distance, speed, or, or, or long end type pigeon. As I said earlier, the larger pupils, I believe to be your sprint to middle distance pigeons on a clear sunny day. They'll do it, but they won't do it on tougher days at a longer distance. So let's go on the on the premise of small pupils. So if the sphincter muscle is very strong in the pigeon's eye, it will shrink that pupil down and give you your long distance looking pupil that everybody likes to have, and I like it myself. Then the next ring, the ring of correlation as it's called, we all kind of agree on that one. I don't see too many people calling it anything else. Vertical lines and horizontal lines. They call them speed lines and they call them uh, long distance lines. I've studied a lot of the eyes from uh, some of the fellas there in Great Britain and Germany. Um, There's a lot of the guys over there the non-believers will say the europeans don't believe in it well they're full of shit because they do believe in it and they do use it they just don't tell you about it because they're still they're still working on the premise it's a secret and that's how i'm going to beat you by not telling you but they all a lot of them use it but anyways vertical lines that go from the pupil out to the outer edge of the ring of correlation they call the speed lines the ones that go uh, in circumference of the pupil inside the ring of correlation, they call distance lines. Well, I have a little different of opinion on that. I have had uh, 500 mile uh, day birds when there was only like three birds clocked in the day and I had two of them. One a couple times I had all three. The pigeons had the small pupil. We all agree on that. But the pigeons not only had what they call the distance lines, they had a ton of vertical speed lines. So I'm not totally convinced that this vertical speed line is a speed line, okay? Because I see it a lot in my long-distance pigeons, and we fly a headwind course here over, over mountains, the uh, Appalachians. The tip of the Appalachians starts in my province of Nova Scotia and runs down in through New York. Um, so we're on like the, the on the top end of the Appalachians, and our pigeons have to cross over that on our from 300 miles. At the 300 mile point, that's where they it starts. And we send them to the other side towards the st lawrence river and we fly a predominantly headwind course so our pigeons are our regular our, our normal race for us is a thousand meters a minute i don't know what that is in yards american I, i've lost track of the conversion there but uh i don't know eight 800 800 to 800 to 1200 meters a minute so i think that's uh slower in miles per hour because we're on kilometers i used to be on miles per hour but i've, I've forgotten it now um so anyways tough course Alright, so my long distance pigeons in that circular correlation, they have the circ- they have the circumference lines which people call distance lines and they also have the vertical lines. So maybe what we're all looking at here and don't realize it is we're looking at a long distance pigeon with a lot of speed in it when you see the vertical lines. So it doesn't necessarily mean the pigeon, is, the vertical lines mean it's only short middle distance speed bird, it could also mean it's a very fast 4 600-mile pigeons as well that I found by seeing those lines because I've seen it in the short-middle-distance ones and I've also seen it in my 500-mile pigeons when I flew in, in Ontario. Now, three, four, 500 miles, 550, 600 miles was my specialty in Ontario because I loved old birds. I, I never flew young birds for nine years because I hated dealing with them. I just trained them out and started them as yearlings, but that's another story. Don't go crazy about, too much about the... Uh, the uh, ring of a uh, circle of adaptation, they call it. Uh, I just call it. It's just a sphincter muscle, as far as I'm concerned. It's the same as a bicep muscle. There. We all got a sphincter muscle in our eyes, too. That's why our eyes dilate. So that's all that is. I don't think it has any importance on the pigeon for breeding. Uh, maybe for racing, because it'll shrink the pupil for the distance. That's about it. But the shape of it has no bearing on anything, because it, it uh, distorts with the age of the pigeon that I find. Now, within this very circular correlation, what people call distance lines, their depth, their layers in the eye, okay? So you look at some uh, circles on the pigeon, okay, the wider the circle, I like, but most of the 100 to 400 mile pigeons, speed birds, have a wider circle of correlation, which everybody goes, ooh, look at the size of that, that's great. Most of your, your uh, 3, 4, and 500 mile tough weather pigeons or long distance pigeons, they have a very, there's, with the small people, they've also got a small circle of correlation. So you've really got to know your stuff, how to look into that small circle and see the same thing that's easy to see with the larger circle. All the stuff is still there that you would see in the larger circle, that's easier to see, but in the small circle, it's just harder to see. So you, the eyeglass that I use is a one inch by 10 power. I don't like 15 power. I, one inch uh, is the diameter of the of the eyeglass. That's uh, easier to focus. The uh, half inch diameter is very hard to focus. And I don't like 15 power glasses because, again, when you put the glass on there, the slightest movement distorts your vision of the eye sign you're trying to look at. So, a, a one inch diameter eyeglass, jeweler's glass uh with 10 power is more than enough to see all you need to see for reading eye now what's even better when you take your own photos you can blow the photos up and and then you can really see the inside the circles. and that's why that's what really educated me when i started taking my own photos i could blow them up on the computer and I can really see every detail in the eye. So layers, layers in the eye is what's required for the distance, okay? They call them distance lines, but uh, I see it as the physical feature as being layers in, within the circle. And when the pupil shrinks, it's like a funnel effect. And that was Myron Kulik, friend always called it the uh, the tunnel effect. And, and he was right. The, uh, the smaller the pupil gets, the deeper it is inside the eyeball of the pigeon. And I, th- I think it almost mimics it almost mimics a telescope. So it increases the pigeon's vision and it enhances the pigeon's ability to home in a lot quicker. Now I've read uh, so the small pupil for the distance, but also has to have the ring of correlation. But the circumference of the distance lines to me are layers in the eye. The more layers you have, the longer distance the pigeon. In some some circles of correlation, you'll see one or two big fat layers, okay? And then another one, you'll see 50 or 100 smaller ones, but they're all there. The longer distance pigeons have those big fat ones, and the middle distance pigeons have those smaller uh, and more of them circles of co- in the ring of correlation there. Um, so basically, you know, that's what I look for in the eye. Now, for, now, that's for breeding eyes, okay? I look for a lot of depth in the breeding eye because I, I, I like to focus on three, four and 500 mile pigeons. So I want a pigeon with a small pupil. I want to see uh, a lot of layers inside the circular correlation, which people call distance lines. I call them also breeding circles in my book. Not only just distance lines, but they're also breeding circles because there's a lot of depth in the eye. The sprint pigeons have more of a washed out, smooth, the next circle, if you want to call it a circle would be the iris. Okay. So the iris is where you got your mountains and valleys that everybody's familiar about and read about the flat. I, I liken them to sandpaper, the flat, uh, ones that are like, uh, fine sandpaper you got medium ground sandpaper and you've got coarse ground sandpaper. The coarse ground is your long distance pigeons. The medium grain sandpaper and the pigeon's iris texture is your middle distance pigeons. And the very fine, kind of washed out looking eyes that are very fine blood vessels and mountains of valley, like fine sandpaper, is your sprint pigeons. And that's how I look at those guys. Also, the sprint pigeons, uh, in the circular correlation, you won't find those, those uh, as many of those distance lines because they don't need it. They don't need good vision to fly fast up to 250 or even 300 miles on a sunny day, okay? okay. Where they need to have good eyesight and good vision is from the longer races and the tougher races. Therefore, you'll see the distance lines or the different layers in the eye. The so layers in the eye are very important. They're not only distance lines, they're also conducive to good breeders uh for 300 miles and up the uh sprint pigeons don't necessarily need them um now bearing all this in mind this uh, the body and everything has to be the, the right type too you know there's a certain body type for sprint middle distance there's a certain body type for middle to long distance pigeons they're all shaped differently if you handed me if you put five sprint pigeons in a basket and five long distance pigeons in a basket mix them all up and handing them to me one by one, I could pick out the five sprints and the five long distance positions just by feeling them. I don't want to look at the eye. I don't want to look at the band. I'll just put my fingertips on them and I'll feel the bone structure. I'll feel the muscle. I will take a look at the wing. That's the only thing I'll look at is the wing because different wings require uh, different aerodynamics. That's a whole different topic. That's just like I signed the wing theory. And then there's the muscle theory, the buoyancy. That's another theory eye sign is another theory. So eye sign is only one of six uh, necessary parts of the pigeon's body required to uh, have a good pigeon and to be able to breed a good pigeon. So the iris, uh, the, uh, the sandpaper effect, smooth, medium, and coarse, that's how I grade them. Smooth is sprint, medium is middle distance, coarse is long distance. So the more mountains and valleys in the iris and the, more, and the richer the color I like for your middle and long distance pigeons. The shorter distance pigeons can be washed out somewhat, and they won't have the. Uh, they may have. A, they may have some speed lines in there, but they won't necessarily have the, uh, the the ones going around the circle and the circumference, which people call
0: distance lines. That's a lot to take in, and it's uh, all very very interesting. I'll have to go back and listen to it again. You know, it's all real good. My question is, what do you think about a bull eye? And can you kind of explain that? Uh, I know you can see through that. Is that something you don't look for, you do look for? I judge the bull
1: eye the same as I would judge a nice pearl or a nice yellow. The chestnut eye, you judge them exactly the same. The eye sign and the pigeon is found in the ring of correlation. That's, that's my belief and I'm steadfast on that. So if that bull eye, the only problem with a bull eye or a pied eye, right? Pigeons with white on their head have broken eyes. They have half bull. The white pigeons are solid bull unless they are grizzles. There's different grizzle families that have clear eyes. They don't have bull eyes. And there's different white families that have clear eyes and not bull eyes. But the bull eye to your question is, you need a a very good light. When you get the proper lighting and the proper uh, angle of the pigeon and looking at it with an eyeglass or taking a photo of it and blowing the photo up you will find that it still has a ring of of correlation it still has distance lines it still has speed lines a lot of them have more pronounced sphincter muscles or ring of adaptation for those that like that word uh they they seem to show show more but it's it's because of the black background i believe but um i just judge them the same Uh, i look for you can still see the texture of the iris in a, in a bull eye, you can still see if it's smooth smooth paper, sandpaper, medium ground or coarse, you can still see it with the proper light of bull eye. You still look for the pupil to shrink or not shrink. You still look for the uh, vertical lines and the horizontal lines and the ring of correlation. It's, it is just a harder eye to, to read. It means nothing, the color means nothing in an eye. And that's the other thing I believe about eye sign is there's only two basic colors in eye sign, there's pearl, and there's yellow, all the rest of them are offshoots. The violet is an offshoot of pearl. The yellow, uh, the chestnut, the orange, they're all offshoots of yellow. And your pearl eyes are all offshoots. Uh, all the different textures and colors, depth and richness of pearl, they're all pearl eyes. Okay. So I don't believe that uh, you know they mean anything different. Uh, now, I used to think at one particular time the yellow eyes were better at the distance on a dirty day like and and the circle correlation went from white to green or was a, or was a black circle now that's another topic i got to touch on because that's uh, for the purposes of breeding a friend of mine dave rogers was very very adamant on eye sign as well Him and I, we grew up together and uh, we we did eyes together and he was bound and determined that the green eyes were the best on dirty days with overcast weather now, he had a family of pigeons with a lot of dirty green eyes. So guess what Dave's clocking? <laughs> Whether it's a dirty day or not. So he believed they were the best eyes on the dirty days, but he did clock some pretty good pigeons on dirty weather days. And he claimed it was the uh, the, the green uh, ring of correlation. The color of the ring, so, um, so the bull eye doesn't mean a thing. You just need more light, and you still look for the same things you look for in a pearl or a yellow eye, okay? Now the ring of correlation, uh, that has, uh, there's variations of the ring of correlation that mean a lot to me. Now, who doesn't like a nice pearl that looks like a violet? I've got some. If you go on my on my Facebook site and go to my photo section in my Facebook, all picture the pictures with eyes in there, they're my own pigeons. And you'll see violets in there. You'll see yellows. You'll see all kinds of nice eyes because I breed I breed that way. The ring of correlation can be on a, on a pearl-eyed pigeon. It can be a white circle. In such, in such a case, you can see the verticals and the, and the horizontal lines much easier on a white circular correlation. It can be a gray circle, or it can be black. Now, it, the circular ring correlation can also be smooth edged as we, as we all read in the books, and it can be serrated. Okay, so I agree with most of the guys that write the books, the serrated ones I like the best. They are the best eyes I like for breeding. Four, three, four, five hundred mile pigeons the smooth circled eyes are more your dis, your uh, sprint to middle distance type pigeons if they don't have the serration okay and, and that's how i look at those now your yellow your yellow eyed pigeons will either have a yellow circle as opposed to the white and the pearl it will have the gray overlay on it or it will also be black the black circle of the quarter will be pitch black so black in both colored eyes that you can't tell where the pupil starts and begins you get them like that those are your top breeders okay you can put those you you always make those black circle of correlations to white or yellow i try to stay away from mating yellow to yellow circles of correlations and white to white circles of correlations i like to interact black circles with the white and the yellow then you'll get the the results, you'll get either solid blacks again, solid whites or yellows, or you'll get the composite eye. And the composite eye is, uh, there's a line and a standing uh, composite. Uh, That's kind of a term that I picked up reading the books that I I just adapted. Um, But what does it mean? Okay. So from four o'clock to eight o'clock, you ever see on some of your top racers, you'll see that little gray spot or that little black spot, The circle of correlation goes gray or black. And then the rest of it's either white or yellow. Okay. That's, that's the racing sign. The darker that circle, the darker that spot, the better racer it will be. The better racer it will be also, if that circle stands from six to nine o'clock or from uh, eight to 12 o'clock. That's called the standing sign. Some of my best pigeons that I was champion of uh, bird of Canada were two of them. Uh, long distance champion was also sprint champion and also middle distance champion. Birds that I bred on the Canadian Racing Pigeon Union, Canadian champions, they had standing, composite eyes. the 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 black the dirt little little black spot in them within the circle, was higher. Up it started at seven or eight o'clock and it went right to twelve. Those will be your best racers. They will race well, from four to eight as well. Uh I'm not saying they won't, but the outstanding pigeons that keep coming, that don't give up, the standing eyes are the better ones that I found in my own loft. The, uh, that was the Irish the sandpaper uh, uh, reference. Now the outer ring of the eye, Whatever color the circle correlation is around the pupil, whether it be white, yellow, or gray, there is another ring around the outside of the eye where it meets the skin, you know, uh, written on the very edge of the iris. You'll see another, you'll see another ring there. And if the center, if the circle correlation is yellow, that should be yellow. If it's white, it should be white. And if it's a grayish color, it should be a darker color on the outside as well. So basically what that is, is it's the underlying color of all the layers of the iris it's the base color there and if you could see it plainly on the outside of the eyes a lot of the better breeders are very pronounced and very wide very wide i found and i read it i read about it uh, it's just like everybody else did from all these guys that wrote books 10 15 20 30 40 50 years ago i watched it i studied it and there's some truth in that that the ring around the out the fifth circle it's called so the first circle was the pupil the second one I call the sphincter muscle, they call it the ring of a circle adaptation. There's number two, number three is the ring of correlation. Uh, Number four is the iris. Number five, there's another ring, okay? Just outside the ring circle of correlation before the iris starts, that's another circle that people don't realize, okay? So the iris is actually the fourth circle and the fifth circle is the outer ring. Now, my friend, Dave, uh he he contended that they're, uh, the best business had seven circles in their eyes, uh, but they're they're very rare. Uh, I haven't seen too many of those, but but the the five basic rings are what you want to look for in a, in a nice well balanced eye. It's too bad uh, photograph photos. I, I got photos of all this stuff, but uh, how do you explain it in in words? Um, I think you're, I don't know, are you getting the point?
0: <laughs> you know, I'm kind of making notes myself, you know, and thinking about, you know, working from the inside out and looking at that. kind of an off one, but does this translate over to other breeds or is this strictly for racing homers? It's only for racing homers. It's it, it,
1: what they, you know, what they are other breeds like show pigeons, Jacobins or rollers or high flyers. Yeah. Have they got these qualities in their eyes? Yes, they do, but they, they, they're of no value. Uh, maybe in high flyers. I don't know. Never had them. It's strictly for the purposes of racing because you're trying, what people are trying to figure out is how to make their racing pigeons, how to breed better pigeons and how to, how do I replicate that champion? So everybody says, okay, my champion had a wing like this and I had a, a muscle structure like this and I had a bone structure like that. I'm going to copy it. Some other people that chose to be a, uh, to look at it a little deeper went to the eyes I said, well my best racing eye first pigeon had this type of eye my best breeding pigeon had this type of eye mm. right so what they are is their physical features of champion birds that we're all trying to duplicate to be a champion flyer right and there is a certain amount of uh of truth to it uh they're the reason why that champion bird or many champion birds they all had these attributes now there's a high flyer does a roller? Does a fantail have good eyesight? Sure, they do. Some barn pigeons have good eyesight. It's of no value to them because they're not racing competitively. We're looking for the competitive edge.
0: Okay, so you're kind so of I, sneaking a like a. You're reading. Would you say that it's almost like being able to read into the genetics of that bird by understanding yes. it? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes.
1: And and again, you know, family traits. Um, I, I started saying some stuff earlier about, I've sold you know, a lot of pigeons across Canada and into the States over the years. And guys have, I've gone to guys' houses, more so in Canada because they're easier accessible to me. And I go visit them and they'll show me a basket full of pigeons and I say, oh, that's off that old checker cock I sold you. How did you know that? I, I can see it in the eye. And, or some guy will hand me some more and I'll say, Oh, that's out of the old red hand or that's out of the old blue bar hand 498 that I sold you. How did you know that? Because I sign is like a fingerprint. Certain families have certain traits and you learn them in your own family of pigeons. You study it and you learn them. All the children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, they'll pass on those traits onto their offspring. Therefore, you're on the right track because you're reproducing the good ones, right? If they don't have it, then you're, you're going the wrong way. And you're and you're you're not improving. You're leading them. Yeah, it's like a fingerprint. Eye signs to me is like a fingerprint. And certain families, okay, like the Ardens. Let's look at the Ardens. They got those gorgeous yellow and violet-looking eyes, right, with uh, with purple circles and purple irises and nut brown and yellows. No family uh, like the Arden, like the Arden family has those type of eyes, other than the old Del bars that I had. Well, my buddy had back in the '60s. The old Del bars, the Fabres, the Catrice pigeons from the mask, the the old guys. But back in the '50s, I'm talking about. You could tell a pigeon what family it was by looking at the eye because that handler bred for that type of eye because all his best pigeons had that eye. Right, and he was breeding for us. so the eye sign enthusiasts could tell whether it was an Arden, a Catrice, or a Cyan, because they were conducive of that line of pigeons for, the, for that fancier bred towards. And I'm doing the same thing, and and all the eye sign guys are doing the same thing. They're they're getting top pigeons in their loft, whether they buy them or whatever. They race them, they find the best ones, they look at the pigeons and say, Well, my, my best pigeon at this, 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 and this. I got to try and reproduce that. Right. So they're not only trying to reproduce the feather, the wing, the muscle, the bone structure, you know, the body conformation. They're not only trying to re- reproduce that, they're trying to re- reproduce what the pigeon sees to fly with.
0: The You mentioned earlier the Bishop's book on Einstein and the Fleming's book on Einstein. What would you mm-hmm. say is a, is a good one for people to get into and to really learn about this?
1: It's too bad Myron took down his website. Uh, I signed 101, but Myron's getting old and he's actually going blind. Um, he took his website down. That was a good teach, learning tool for people. I would Flemings is the more recent production that has more uh, more to my way of thinking. Bishop was kind of the first guy that put a book out in Great Britain, and he hit on some very valid points. But some of his, he he kind of, I think he went a little overboard. When you get these guys talking to you about eye sign, and, oh, look at this pigeon, it's got, it's got the... You ever see these guys show you the pupils of the pigeons, they've got those little white dots in them, and they say, that, that means it's a super breeder? Right. That's nonsense. It means nothing. But see, Bishop was kind of like that. He kind of dissected the eye, and, and every, every little flip and every little turn and every little circle in the eye, he had the reason why it was there, but he was looking too deep. Eye sign is not that complicated, right? You've got washed out eyes. You've got medium, again, medium grain and coarse grain irises. You've got wide circles, you've got narrow circles. Wider circles are more conducive to short, middle distance pigeons. The narrower circles and the smaller pupils are more conducive to hard weather, 300 to 600 mile or longer, or further pigeons. And they all got, and the longer the distance, they have gotta have the depth. The pupil has to look like it's way down inside the iris in a tunnel. And that's why those wide, those big pupil pigeons, there's no depth in the eye. The pupil is on the surface of the iris. The long distance pigeon, It's halfway down in the iris. That's why it looks small, and it shrinks down into a funnel, right? Into a point at the tip of the funnel, right? But the middle to short to middle distance uh, irises always look big, and people don't like them because people think they can take a pigeon and fly a 100 to 600 miles with the same pigeon. Well, they're stupid. For one thing. The homing ability in a sprint and middle distance pigeon is not as good as the homing ability in a long distance pigeon. They, don't have, they just don't have it. That's why when you take, that's why they make sprint pigeons, right? Because they don't have to home in from a long distance. Longer distance pigeons do, but they need to have the tools to do it. They need a small pupil. They need a different type of body, different type of wing structure, different type of muscle structure, and a different type of eye structure. Right? Now I've read lots of scientific articles uh, on. Uh, they say pigeons can see infrared, and you know there's an infrared uh, and part of the uh, magnetic field uh, that flows around the Earth uh, has an infrared factor to it. And pigeons have the ability through their eyes to see uh, the actual uh, magnetic field or an infrared project- projection of it. I haven't quite figured out the, the the connection yet, but there is a connection to it. And that's why the eyes and all the different um, characteristics in an eye are conducive short to short, middle, and long is because of their ability to home in through their eyes and pick up the magnetic field. Um, We've all read books on, on how they put wax in a bird's ear and the bird almost got lost. They blindfolded the pigeons, but they landed within a certain, they landed within 200 yards of the loft, but they couldn't see, right? Um, we've we all heard about those experiments and it's all got to do with the, the magnetic field on the earth and the ability of the pigeons to pick up the magnetic field. And I believe the eyes, therefore I signed have the, have that uh, are, are a vital, a vital tool to that racing pitch to pick up on the
0: magnetic field to home quicker. So. This, is, this is great. Like Chris was saying too, this is definitely going to be an episode to listen to more than once because you gave a lot of information in there. You know i'm looking here at a picture of a pigeon eye and kind of trying to follow along and understand everything so definitely giving good information the um the one thing too is the facebook group i sign
1: yeah i just joined that one i'm look I, I i comment on it once in a while
0: okay i, I like I, a lot of people are putting a lot of pictures on there but uh like we said you know there'll be a lot of comments but they're not really kind of showing their work you know they'll just say breed it with this or that's long distance yeah or that's well so short distance Yeah,
1: those are the eye sign guys that think they know what they're talking about but i you know i break it down in my head even finer than that i why is it long why is it short you know i have tried to explain that by the size of the pupil and the circle correlation and the, and the parts of the eye in it but those guys as you say they're not explaining that right um they're just saying do this, do that, but why are you saying it? You know, right. and quite frankly, I get you like I said, I'm 70 years old. I, I can type, but I, I I hate typing long explanations out on Facebook. We did all this years ago, and we had all the naysayers on there. Uh, oh, the best sign is the A sign going through the traps. Yeah, okay, you're either too stupid to learn anything, or you're just a blockhead. So don't even comment, right? You know, it's people that want to learn, you know, they've uh, got. so I don't post a lot of stuff on there because of the blockheads, you know, somebody wants to listen and learn. Like I've taught, I've taught two or three guys, young guys, but you got to have a lot of patience and you got to be very observant and you got to be a bit fanatical on, on wanting to learn more. All the good eyesight guys are getting old,
0: you know? <laughs> yeah, no, this has been, this has been great. I'm glad that we're able to get all this information and, no, definitely thanks for thanks for coming on and explaining it well you did a really great job of explaining it and it is just going to so. take a couple of times of listening to it again and really paying attention and looking at your own pigeons and you know kind of that's what i like about the facebook group i mean even if the comments are kind of wild you get to see quite a variety people are posting all their pictures of their eyes and you like you said to you you can really tell the difference uh how they're taking no. the picture some pictures are really bad and some are just really in depth and you can really look deep into the eye and, and yeah really some of them are them. really good yeah
1: Yeah. now that i know that you're uh you're looking at that and i could post a few of my own breeders and that on that on that page and yeah i don't know if it would help anybody or not if they want to listen fine i'm more than willing to answer questions but i i
0: hate typing out long explanations that's all <laughs> that would be really helpful for some people to it's, it's definitely been something people have been looking at for a very long time and it's obviously something that is still looked at every time you like we talked before when you're looking at buying racing pigeons online or but just showing you a champion. It's the picture of the bird, its status, its pedigree, whatever, and then a picture of the eye. So there's something there and you definitely I like that you were talking too about being able to pick out birds and recognizing where they came from, what their pedigree was just from the right side. I mean, that to me is kind of like the Pepsi challenge right there
1: oh yeah yeah you know um since i i sold all my since i moved out of ontario and got here i i've kind of re i'm in the retirement mode of pigeon flying out here i'm laid back like ontario is like a lot of other places in the states you know they're uh everybody's hot to trot and everybody's backstabbing and biting each other for you know because they were, you know i i kind of got out of that that's why i got rid of my i got sick of it because i dominated the up north combine uh, I was one of five lofts that dominated the up North combine for over 15, almost 20 years. That nobody could beat, and I, I, I had a lot of friends, but they weren't in the combine that I raced in. They were in other combines that didn't ever. All the ones that raced against me, they hated me, right? And that's just pigeon flying for you, right? And right. So I just, got, I just got pissed off with it, and I finally said, ah, enough is enough. I, I don't have to prove nothing to anybody, and, and then I, I moved out to, out to the east coast, but then These are really nice guys out here. They're good natured. Sure, we like to win, but we all still pat each other on the back and uh, congratulate and like we used to be when I was a kid. And it's a a whole different atmosphere out here, right? So I'm back and I'm enjoying the birds more now because I'm not in with the sharks, you know? (laughs) I used to be a shark, but I got got out of the shark ocean.
0: (laughs) That's cool. Well, we're definitely coming up. I, I appreciate you kind of staying on a little bit longer with this and, you know, giving us a good explanation because it's hard to sum up something so big in a short period of time. So I appreciate you staying on with us. I know especially...
1: Hey, it's my pleasure. I, I've enjoyed it. Uh, I like to pass on my knowledge. Um, yeah. Hey, if, um, if you ever get a request for uh, me to come back on again and people come out because after they hear this, if they
0: have more questions, jot them down put me on again and ask me those specific questions. Absolutely, absolutely. This is great. Yeah, we'll definitely keep that open too because this might open a jar of worms, you know. Hey, it it might be some folks that say uh, all BS and come back at us with some little bit of argument or maybe heated discussion yeah yeah well. Well, there,
1: there is there is no doubt in my mind about it. i've been i've been all through it like i said i've been doing this for 55 years and i've I've been in every heated discussion you could so i know all about it and i've been there done that it doesn't bother me a bit <laughs>
0: well, well, i mean you know that might make, make for some interesting dialogue
1: yeah oh yeah Definitely. you know the thing is i don't know how old you guys are but you know you know like i said before i'm 70 years old the older i get the less i give a shit what people think of me so i'm going to tell you what i think and if you don't like it fine i don't care. if you can use it great i'll tell you more very cool very cool thank you very much
0: man yeah yeah thanks for my coming pleasure
1: it's been fun